Spotify and Apple and all those places that are fun where you enjoy your podcasts. My compadre Lou Blasi takes care of that. And uh, we're set for a really fun uh, hour or so, lots to discuss. Uh, a little shout out to my friend Matt Lacoste. He'll be joining us tonight uh, with yours truly at eight o'clock. Uh, we'll be talking about um, the current um, teams that are left in the NFL playoffs, as well as breaking a few packs. Someone joked, Lou, that, um, you know, Matt wants to be a breaker. And I said, no, 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 we're working yeah. on that with Lou. Uh, <laughs> well, seriously, because we really, you know, we, we need to expand. But but I think that, you know, Matt's looking at it as more of like, hey, maybe I'll do it once a month or whatever the case is. And so for us, yeah. uh, if he'll do it during the NFL season, Lou, I think that's where there will be real value because maybe he won't be able to talk about his games and such, but the league itself coming from a sure. guy on the front lines would be awesome. Absolutely. That would be great. He's become quite a regular. He's yeah, I know he has. He's thinking about getting a cot. You know, I told him, though, you know, things are a little bit still strange with COVID, but we'll consider one in the future. Say hi to Stuart in Australia, of all places. Hey, what's up, Stuart? Hope all is well. Uh, hopefully we'll be talking soon. I uh, appreciate you tuning in. What's up, Ernie? What's going on, Russ, Nick, Brett, and the rest of the gang? What's up, Jeff? Uh, it says, is the loft not working on Facebook? It someone, should be up. Check again. Refresh. Yeah. Okay. Someone uh, just hit refresh and you'll be all set. Yeah. We had a little hiccup at the beginning technically, but I, I think everything's okay now. All good. So hope all is well, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We have a great show planned, some stuff to show off, uh, good hobby stuff to discuss. Um, but I know that uh, everyone likes to show up and you never know what we're going to kind of discuss or show off or, you know, get into. Um, yeah. And you know, one of the things that uh, you know, we're going to be talking about has to do with kids. Hey, what's up, Ryan? How are you? Congrats again. Ernie, Talk you're right. Ryan, uh, later on. Today. Bring a uh, Ernie says, let's get hundreds in here today. I agree. Share Absolutely. It'd be wonderful. We appreciate everyone, uh, you know, sharing the, uh, sharing the broadcast. I want to show off a few, un a few unopened items to start the show. Uh, right here, Lou, we have a 1959. What do I have to hit the eyeball here? Uh, yeah. J5 is going to have to switch that if we're going to use the desktop. But, yeah, hold it up to your camera in front of you. Oh, okay. There you go. Oh, that might just be good enough. Okay. Great. Gorgeous 1959 Tops Penny Pack Gang. Oh, yeah. Uh, graded PSA 8. Love the art. And it actually features Stan Usual, believe it or not. Boy, that does not look like 1959, that artwork. No, I dig it, man. Yeah. So that came in a recent collection that we purchased. Uh, this or these two boxes are from two different sources. Uh, one is 1988 Fleer basketball box. As everyone knows, basketball from the 80s is just absolutely on fire. Look at that, huh? BBC Wrapped. Shout out to Steve Hart and Baseball Card Exchange. Hey, what's up, Jim? And then this, I don't, I don't think anyone's on there. Let me look on eBay real quick because I don't believe there's one available. Bobby Burrell says he loves the penny boxes. Hey, what's up, Bobby? Oh, there's the uh, J5. Where do I see the chat for the loft? Oh, wow. So there's not there's not one of these boxes available for sale on eBay. So if you can get a J5, that'd be great. Um to check this out, Lou and gang, 1981 Opeachy Hockey Box. Ooh, nice. 
third year Opichi Gretzky, Paul Coffey rookie, oh. Dino Cicerelli. <laughs> Paisan. Double. Okay, it's gone. Great. Now I can see uh, some of the comments coming in. Wonderful. So that is a really good box. 81 Opeachy Hockey. We haven't had 81 Opeachy Packs in. Forget about a box in quite some time. Uh, hope you all enjoy it. Hey, what's up, Sir Charles? Don't forget, folks, you can tune in to Vintage Breaks North up here right afterwards, 5.30 till 10 o'clock Eastern time tonight. And then, or is it 9.30, Sam? We till nine thirty here. Yes, we we got uh, we'll break till nine thirty here in the north, and then Sir Charles and Vintage Breaks West will take over at nine thirty. Um, so a couple of the other things that we want to talk about today uh, were the seven prizes we're going to be going to give away on the show today, Lou. And for today, Lou, more than ever, we're going to need you to hey, Chef, welcome, bud. We miss you, and of course the cookies. Um, <laughs> oh, cookies are great. So. Uh, Lou, we want to make sure that while I'm getting myself situated here, before we reveal the seven prizes, you explain to everyone how they can enter and yeah. how it works uh, specifically because I think today whoever's tuning in is going to be super pumped. And if you're listening to this afterwards, it's not like you're missing out and you can never win anything again from Just Collect and Vintage Breaks or our friends at Otia Sports. Um, but you can tune in to the next podcast we have the following Wednesday. So never fear. All right. So what you need to do is you need to be on the Layton's Law Facebook page. You need to be on the Vintage Breaks Facebook page. But there are two outlets going on the Vintage Breaks Facebook page. The one that is Layton's Law full screen uh, without the blue chat box on the right is the one you need to be on. You comment there. Same thing with Vintage Breaks. There's going to be two signals. One has Layton's Law full screen and one has Layton's Loft in the box with the uh, chat box to the right. You want to be in the full screen one. Those are all the comments that accounted today. I don't know. Is it Dougie or Sam? Keeping track. Yeah, I think we got Dougie Fresh is keeping track. Dougie, right? all right. Excellent. Uh, Dougie's keeping track. You get one entry, just comment and it doesn't just something relevant to the show. Just say hi or uh, have a question or make a comment on what Layton's showing you. You get a second entry if you start a watch party as well. And we'd like you to share it too, because share helps our numbers and helps the algorithm and helps things get out too. So if you share it, we'd appreciate that as well. So, uh, vintage breaks, Facebook page on the Layton's loft feed, uh, the Layton's loft Facebook page, only one feed on there and a vintage breaks YouTube channel. So, Lou, first place on today's episode of Layton's Loft. This sounds very dramatic. I'm very excited now. It's going to be great. Yeah. Because the thing is, when you when you, when you you announce it towards the end, people are like, oh, you know, I wish I knew about it. But it's very infrequent we can have timing like this. So we have a big event on Friday. Mm -hmm. We have our 2003 Topps Chrome Black Refractor Set Break featuring the LeBron James PSA 9. I'll go grab it in a minute. Um and that's going to be taking place at 9 o'clock Eastern time. So we were a little bit, although we're, we were excited, we were a little disappointed that our 86 clear set break sold out. So yep. I knew I had to line one up for this Friday. Yep. So right now, we just listed a few minutes ago our next 1986 clear basketball set break. It features a Michael Jordan rookie and a PSA 8, which if you haven't seen, is one of the top three hottest cards in the universe. Yeah. Uh, eights are now selling for fifteen, seventeen thousand. 
Wow. Uh, whereas they were selling for 5,000 a year ago, you know, 6,000. Magic Johnson, eight. Bird, eight. Uh, Drexler, eight. Wow. Barkley, eight. And a Carl Malone rookie, eight. And so I thought, what better way to kick it off, Lou, and show appreciation for our community, right? Because it's $225 a spot. So we're yeah. no fools. Some people can afford that. Other people are going to be like, wow, I wish I had. 125 to buy into the last one. And I didn't, I certainly don't have two and a quarter. So we thought a great way to kick it off to not only show our appreciation for the last 1986 clear set break that sold out, but also for this Friday, our big 2003 tops Chrome black refractor set break that sold out. We're going to give away a free spot in this 1986, 1986 Fleer basketball set break today on the show for Ooh. first place, Lou. Oh, very nice. Uh-huh. Delicious, right? Yeah. So if you're tuned in today, realize, you know, we'd love to tell you there's thousands of people watching live. Yeah. We know there's not. So please uh, enjoy the show today. You got a big shot of changing things on your court, pun intended, uh, with this 86 Fleer Michael Jordan PSA 8 leading the new set break that we just listed. We'll be giving away a free spot, $225 value in that break live at the end of today's show. Wow. As we mentioned, the only way to enter is if you participate in our show, drop a comment, please share uh, our um, show today and hashtag watch party if you'd like to get an extra entry. I'm going to grab that LeBron card in a second while everyone kind of soaks that in. Uh, super duper excited about the giveaway today. Hopefully you are as well. Uh, second place is going to be a BAM spot. That is our new Break of Maniacs promotion. Uh, yep. Sam, that's it. What's the break credit for that? Um, for the BAM, it's uh, $1,500. Okay, so it's $1,500 you're giving away for free in a Break of Maniacs appreciation promo that concludes at the end of February. All the details of that and the big event will be available this Friday at event.vintagebreaks.com. And then the last five entries will get $10 break credits uh, to vintagebreaks.com. We'll be nice. back in one second. I want to grab that LeBron. Yep. So everybody, get your entries in. Again, you want to comment on the Layton's Law Facebook page, Vintage Breaks Facebook page. Make sure you're on the right one. That's the one with the full screen Layton's Loft as opposed to the one that has uh, it inside uh, with the chat box on the right. Same thing with YouTube. Make sure you're on the full Layton's Loft and make a comment there as well. That gets you an entry. By the way, you know, get a family member in, get your dog in, have them make, an, make a comment. They get an entry too. You know, just want to get the numbers up here, right? But Big prizes today on Leighton's Loft. We're going to be giving it out uh, live. Nicholas is excited. We're excited too. Um, so just make sure that you get your entries in. Dougie Fresh is pro at this. As he said, he's the ninja. So he'll make sure that your entry gets logged in there. And Cody talked about, I'd love to be able to give uh, uh, a second entry for shares too, but not a third entry. We're not going to do that. So share the program, uh, do a watch party, get a second entry for us. And uh, hopefully you win a spot in that set break because it could be huge, right? Nothing like pulling out a five-figure card, is there? That'll change your whole outlook on life. Did you guys all enjoy the football week? Oh, by the way, I wanted to ask Matt. Matt said he's up in Ontario. We had, we're in from Australia. We're in from Ontario. Matt, how cold is it up there? You said it's pretty chilly up there. And when an Ontarian says it's pretty chilly, it's got to be pretty chilly. So, Matt, let me know how what the temperature is out there 
are actually doing pretty well here in New England. It hasn't been too bad. Uh, you know, basic stuff, 20s, no big deal. Sam, I'm going to have some other stuff I'm going to need to show off on the main camera. Okay. So I'm not really sure how to do that. On this camera? Yeah. I don't, okay. If you don't need, if you don't know the NAS job. Yeah. Thanks. Sorry about that, gang. No problem. So here is LeBron James up for grabs this Friday night in the sold-out break. It's worth at least 75000 so far as I can tell, on the open market. Oh, my God. Really? Yep. Now, Lou, we have one spot remaining that we're giving away in a $10 bonus promotion. We're going to give it away shortly before 9 o'clock on Friday. So if you still want a chance at the sold-out 2003 Topps Chrome Black Refractor Separate, Check us out. Pick up a few dollars of spots before Friday. You'll have one entry in the promo. Spend a hundred bucks, you get ten entries, so on and so forth. But it's going to be great. Wow. Yes, Brett, you're on the right page. And so I'm going to show up the Zorro stuff. You've been great. Lou, you want to switch over the camera? Okay, here we go. I'll get the desktop up for you. Hang on, let me add it here. We'll leave LeBron there for a little inspiration. There we go. Great. So, do you remember a few weeks back we showed off some of these uh, Zorro cello packs? Yes. That were unopened from 1958? Yes. So, we ended up purchasing that collection. My goodness, I don't know what John was eating. He stinks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. It's like still here and he left five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, so, uh, here is uh, some of the 1958 top cellos. What I wanted to uh, show you is certainly less valuable than the 1958 Topps cello packs in the collection. But as a true card collector, as an aficionado, as a nerd, uh, <laughs> as someone who just really appreciates this stuff, um, the things I'm about to share with you, if you don't get goosebumps, you might just be in the wrong place. Oh, and that's wow. okay. Um, but the folks that we bought this from, they ran a business that they rented a space in New York City. And I'm going to read to you, uh, Charlotte, um, her basically in her words, uh, and then I'm going to show you the photograph. We have a photograph of the storefront in 1958. Wow. Can you believe that? So, Sierra is born. Without further ado, Lou, seek and save. In April 1958, my father rented, this will be on our blog. You'll be able to read the full story, see the video, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, the picture of the store, um, the letterhead from the store on our blog at justcollect.com slash blog. And as you can see by the close-up, I need a haircut, but I haven't had time. We're working a lot. Um, so hopefully Mr. Lacoste uh, excuses me tonight. Um, so without further ado, seek and save. In April 1958, my father rented space in New York City for a toy store called Seek and Save. It was on Fulton Street near to what would eventually become the World Trade Center. Yep. He signed a two-year lease, expecting my mother to help him in the store. I was two years old at the time, and a year later, my sister was born. My mother could no longer help him, as she was now caring for a toddler and an infant. So he gave up the lease in March 1960 and brought the remaining inventory home. Our garage, attic, and basement hosted a collection of bicycles, cars, trucks, trains, dolls, toys, and games. All things that would make my son Crosby very happy. 
Over the years, my sister and I played with some of the toys and, were, and some were given as gifts. When my father passed away in 1988, many of the toys still remained in the house. After my mother passed away in 2017, we sold the house and I took the remaining toys to my home and eventually sold them to a store that featured toys and collectibles. Somehow, a box of trading cards had been separated from the rest of the collection. And when I did some research, I found that the 1958 Zorro trading cards were still an item of interest to collectors. <laughs> I reached out online to a few websites and Just Collect Inc., was the most responsive. Yeah, J5. All right. Um, John reached out immediately. John reached out to me immediately. I found him to be knowledgeable, reliable, helpful, and very interested in the history of the toy store. We click we quickly came to an agreement on a selling price, and I sent the last item of the seek and soy seek and save toy store inventory to him. I trust that he will find a new home for this collection. So before we show you the actual uh, store, this is the invoice, their paperwork from the store in 1958. <laughs> How great is this? Look at that. What's shaking, Brad? What's up, Matt? Hey, Justin. Enjoying following you on Instagram. So to me, uh, all very cool. But the best part was you can take a trip back in time and hopefully we'll be able to get some details here. Here's the store from like kind of like almost like across the street. Look at that. Uh, that looks 50s, doesn't it? I mean, to me, I know it's not worth really anything compared to a 58 top Zorro solo pack. I'm going to keep a Zorro, a Zorro solo pack with the photograph. <laughs> so that when Crosby gets older, he's going to have a real piece of American history here. Yep. And we all had a store like that in our hometown, didn't we? Oh, yeah. And then here's the close-up of it, which you might be able to see some of the products. I'm not sure. Now, nah, you can see some of the stickers in the window. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this time capsule today. Uh, I certainly have, and I know J5 enjoyed the journey as well. Such every phone call is an adventure at that place, isn't it? It's crazy, man. We don't know who's going to call. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll talk about it if the lead comes to fruition, but we had a very interesting Pokemon lead where, you know, Emily didn't really understand what the gentleman was saying, but it was because he was speaking a different language. Oh, really? Um, one in which J5, thankfully, is fluent in Spanish. Oh, very nice. Um, so uh, the last thing I want to show off, just a few cards, uh, and then we'll talk about some of the things I want to cover today. Um, I wanted to show off uh, some old non-sport cards from 1910, E-49s, General George Custer. Oh, I like these. And Buffalo Bill. They're graded a three. I didn't get them graded because of the grade. I just think they look great in the holders. That one looks, the color looks great on that. Yeah, these are very cool. Yep. Uh, Matt, the story about the Zorro collection will be on the Just Collect blog at justcollect.com slash blog. It is not there yet, but it'll be coming soon to a blog near you. <laughs> All right, so we can switch it up now. That bugs me out when you do it every time. <laughs> I'll get that over there. There we go. Shout out to Dev. Hope uh, Tiger as well, your youngest. It's great seeing you and my sis not too long ago. Um, 
So like I said, folks, you chose a great day to tune in. Deb, please share the show with your peeps like Danny and such. We're yep. giving away a free spot in our newly listed 1986 Fleer basketball set break to someone for free today who tuned into the Loft Show and participated. Nice. As far as a little love, we're going to show some love back today in a big way with a $225 free spot. What's up, Andrew? EJ's here. We always love it when EJ shows up. What's going on, Cody? EJ. Um, all right. So we got through a bunch. Oh, can you grab me the uh, Pokemon card for cost? <laughs> Mike says he's going to say, Dad, that's where the dinosaurs lived. <laughs> that's really funny. Hey, what's up, Eddie? What's shaking, Justin? So uh, this was Crosby's very first box of, what was this called, Sam? Charizard? Uh, no. Champions Crosby opened a box of Champions Path with his dad. Uh, at this point, six weeks ago or so, it's like the newest Pokemon. We yep. pulled a rare uh, Charizard VMAX card, and then we just got it graded from PSA. We just got it to come back. Um, and Crosby's first ever card he got graded was a 10. Oh, nice. And uh, he's super excited about it. Um, he doesn't want to sell it, even though he apparently now wants more money and wants to be an adult so he can fill up his piggy bank. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't want to sell this, so he's just like his dad. <laughs> so, Kraz, uh, love you, bud. It was his first day of school today. And, uh, you know, really shout out to not just the, the, the school district here in, in you know, uh, South Orange and Maplewood, New Jersey, but really all across the country, the, the incredible effort that's being made by teachers, the staff, um, and, uh, you know, of course, our special nurse, Elena, who actually is going to school with Crosby uh, because of his medical condition. He's not old enough to take care of himself yet. So hopefully... Um, uh, I, I heard through the grapevine because I was a little worried that Elena would be smothering of him in school. <laughs> and um, uh, I, I heard that he was shooing her away. So okay. on the one hand, I know that he loves her. On the other hand, I was happy to hear he was growing up. Yep. But this, I mean, this was worth everything to me today. So before I left, I got <laughs> to see Crosby um, when he came home from school. And he sat down for a few minutes. We talked. Uh, and I said, very calmly, how was your first day of school being in school in kindergarten? Yeah. And with like just a wonderful half a smile and the other half like of joy. <laughs> great. <laughs> and um, I asked him what was great about it. He told me all different stuff. And I said, what was the best part of your day? And he said, the bus ride. Oh. And I thought maybe they gave away candy on the bus or something. Like, why would the bus ride be the best part? And he said, dad, I've never been on a bus. It was awesome. Yep. So he was on the bus with Elena. Elena and the bus driver, I'm sure, were the oldest people. Yeah. And Crosby had a great time. <laughs> Just expanding his horizons, right? New experiences. Yeah. No, he was uh, really excited to be out there. You know, you got to interact with people no matter what age you are. And for someone like Crosby, who just turned six, uh, you know, it's really precious to, to be back in person, even if they're doing social distancing and listening on headphones and all that. Yeah. Really do appreciate everyone's efforts and stuff. And so speaking of kids, before we get to uh, the rest of our agenda today, um, I wanted to uh, let everyone know something that we're going to be starting. Full details will be rolled out next week. Um, but uh, we're, we're starting something called the 1,000 Cards for Kids Challenge. Nice. And we own the website 1,001kcardsforkids.com. What we're planning to do, folks, is we're going to try to get participation from all 50 states. We're going to target 20 kids per state. We're going to do it over the next 12 months, Lou. 
And the idea was really founded upon this notion mm-hmm. that whether it be it's COVID, whether it be because of economic, whether it be because there used to be three card shops in every town and now there's, you know, one in every three towns, whatever the case may be, we know a couple things. One, the hobby's out of control is rising. It's fantastic, right? Yep. Really good news. But if you want kids to be involved, Crosby and other kids like him and his age don't have a lot of money. And so if their parents don't have the ability to take them to a card shop, believe it or not, whether it be buying on eBay or participating in breaks with your mom and dad might be the next best thing that you could do. Right. And so we thought it'd be a really cool way to do it. And we're going to do it in such a way, Lou, where there's going to be a leaderboard and there's going to be a special prize for the state that fills up the 20 kids first. Oh. But the reason why I think this is cool is, let's just say you're from New Jersey, New York, and I figure the bigger states will fill up soon, uh, sooner rather than the others. But like, what if you have a cousin Jimmy in Idaho and you haven't talked to him in years? Right. And you're like, fuck, this crazy nut Layton from Vintage Breaks is giving away a thousand free packages to kids over the next 12 months and they're 17 short in Idaho. Yeah. And he's going to be like, what the hell, what does that mean? What it means is that, Nick, thanks for uh, saying that. Um, I wouldn't say all kids are being priced out of the hobby. You can collect cards on a really cheap budget. But I do think in general, the hobby is becoming very expensive or more expensive. Yeah. And I thought it would be a really great way to give back. And the package is going to consist of three things. And we're working on a Vintage Breaks premium, so we can throw something like that in there. But the three items in the package so far are going to be um, a vintage card. A pack, right? Because mm-hmm. what would it be if we didn't send a pack? And then a Michael Jordan card. We'd rather send a Mickey Mantle card because we have some affinity towards him. Yep. Candidly, we can't send a thousand Mickey Mantle cards because we wouldn't get to a thousand. We'd be out of business. Yep. Um, but we can get to a thousand Michael Jordan cards. And so I thought that was a great trio of items uh, that we're going to send out to a thousand different kids over the next 12 months. That's our pledge. And we're going to have, uh, we're going to do the work with Jam Graphics to get the site 1001kcardskids.com to be live so that it's going to be very easy for our staff. Because I know when I talked to J5 about the project, he was a little bit more than nervous to say the least because uh, we're, we're a little busy here. Yeah. Um, but I told him I thought it was important and I thought it was a really great way to give kids a chance in every single state in our country including Hawaii, including Alaska. Now, I don't know how long it's going to take to fill up 20 in each state. Yeah. But the reason why we said 12 months is because we know if we were flooded with a thousand names in the first 30 days, we wouldn't be able to handle that. So we're figuring at 12, uh, 12 um, months, it'll be about 85 packages a month. Uh, it's about 20 a week. We put a lot of thought into this. We can handle that. He can uh, contribute some cards. He wants to donate cards to the cause. Oh, absolutely. So uh, this is sponsored by Vintage Breaks, Just Collect, and Otia Sports, my friend Jason. Um, but if it's uh, if it's something that the community would like to partake in, we'd love to give you a shout-out on the show, send some cards in. That's what we're sending the kids. They're going to be getting an unopened pack. They're going to be getting a vintage card of some kind, and they're be getting a Michael Jordan card of some kind. Um, and I just thought it's a really great representation of collecting because who doesn't want the goat, meaning a Michael Jordan card, having an unopened pack that you can open by yourself with your brother, sister, mom, or dad, or all of them together is super fun. Um, and then for me, like I didn't have my first true vintage card until, I don't know, like a little bit later. So 
if if some you know some kids are gonna get a card from the fifties, some kids are gonna get a yeah. card from the sixties, some kids are gonna get cards from the seventies. Um, but like I didn't have an old card until I was a little bit older. I've got a vintage card right here and a Michael Jordan card right here that I can donate. So. Special, Lou. I yep. like that. Straight yep. from Boston. So I'm gonna make sure. Oh, okay. You came over here. And you this know. is a great opportunity because much like the sport of baseball, there needs to be an influx of fandom and there needs to be an influx of interest. And uh, the uh, uh, gain in value of new cards, modern cards, is going to help that a lot. But getting kids involved is going to be such a huge thing for the hobby. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree with you. And I mean, I understand that, you know, one little company out of all the companies that break and buy and sell cards or a few companies, me myself, Just Collect and, and Otia Sports and of course, Vintage Breaks, um, mm -hmm. you can only make so much of a difference. But what I'm hoping is someone else on Instagram, someone else on Facebook, Dougie, gets word of it. And they're like, oh, we're going to do our own one, you know, 1000 cards for kids challenge. Or we're going to send out a thousand. I'm making it up. Uh, Tiger Woods cards because they happen to have a lot of Tiger Woods cards or whatever the case is. Yep. Um, I just feel that uh, we're in a position we can do it. We can certainly do it over 12 months. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And what we're hoping is we're going to have a little write-up that goes out with each package that folks will share it on whatever platform they're on, right, so that they can have other kids who maybe are in the same state or from right. other states that they're friends with get in on it. And so I thought that would be super cool if it's not just someone like, you know, you get it. But you help your buddies get something for That's free it. also. I thought it would be really cool. That's a great idea. Just make use of their interest in social media and just help spread the word. That's a great idea. I love that. Well, I'm glad that you guys uh, think it's cool. Um, we dig it as well. We're excited to roll it out. Uh, I wanted to allow about a half hour to talk about some hobby stuff. So did pretty good uh, in terms of timing, Lou. It's 5.03. Yes. Great. So bunch of hobby stuff to talk about. It's in no particular order. But I wanted to go over a number of things. Um, and understand this is all coming from uh, Pound Hobby Love, uh, <laughs> as I like to hashtag on social media, uh, you know, meaning like every collector, every investor, every person, um, you know, is, is on a different, uh, you know, a different point in their journey. Yep. Um, and, you know, my note here says, before I kind of get into specifics, that prices are up a lot across the board. And so... It means different things to different people, but I can tell you what it means to all the people is that when prices are up, things cost more. Right. And you may think that, well, like, you know, duh, Leighton, of course. Yes, but this is what I wanted to caution you on is that some people who the prices are up for are collectors. Mm -hmm. Some people who it's up for is investors. Some people, this is just for fun. And like, you know, they go to the track or they go to the casino or they, you know, spend Friday nights in the city spending 150 bucks drinking with their friends going out to dinner. Like whatever the case is, prices are going up across the board. Yeah. Um. You know, very interesting, George. We don't have enough Pokemon cards, but if we had a thousand Pokemon cards to give away, I would definitely include a Pokemon card with all the thousand packages, George. So I would say yes. If people out there have Pokemon cards, um, make sure you do not do not address them to Sam or John. I have a feeling <laughs> they'll go home in their collections and more concerned. So send them to like Gen Pop Vintage Breaks. We'll know what you're talking about. Um. <laughs> I just saw Sam give me a love over there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, when it comes to um, all the different types of collectors, my point is you have to manage it. So even if you're someone who does it for fun, even if you're someone who does it to collect, you do it to invest, you mm -hmm. do it as a hybrid, you do it, you buy uh, shares on rally or collectible and you like fractional, 
I'm not judging anyone. In fact, I know it's all good for business, yeah. which is good for vintage breaks and good for just collect. Um, but I want to caution everyone that as prices go up, your buying power will not go as far. Right. So please be conscious of that when when surveying the marketplace and making moves. Um, and and I don't even know if that's really yeah, it's not even on my first it's not my first point. So so this will be a good thing to start with. Um, what I'm getting at is prune your collection. You know, don't wait until there. Like, there's an auction uh, that just came in. I think it's Hunt Auctions. It ends tonight. And if this was me as a kid, meaning 15, 19, whatever the age is, like as much as I'd want to buy stuff, how much is in the budget? I don't really know. What can I swing? And I can honestly say that, like, unless there's like you know millions of dollars of stuff tonight, I'm pretty yeah. much going to bid on whatever I think we can use. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's something personal that's different, I like living at home with my family. Yes. Um, but, uh, my point is, is that if you are someone who is bidding in auctions for fun, bidding in auctions to collect, bidding in auctions to buy for investment. And by the way, you replace bidding in auctions with participating in breaks, buying on eBay, yes. buying from your local card shop, um, going to card shows pre COVID, any of those things, meaning that's all the same to me, right? It's taking an action. It's having a transaction where you're likely going to be buying and purchasing something. What I'm suggesting is I still, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a big mistake happening, not just in our vintage breaks community, but a little bit more widespread, like in the hobby, we're all waiting till it's too late. And what I mean by too late is you're like, oh, wow, there's a really great group of items that goes off tonight. And I need between three and $5,000. Well, if I would have sold my stuff three weeks ago, not yeah. only would have had the money, but now that I, when I have to sell my stuff. I'm potentially going to not get the same amount of money for the same amount of stuff because I'm in a pinch. Yep. I'm going to have to maybe sell a little bit more stuff to get the same amount of money. And so, you may have to sell that stuff in the least advantageous time when you're forced into making a sale. Sometimes absolutely. you can back yourself into a corner. Which is horrible. It's the worst feeling in the world. And I can tell you, as someone who does this for a living, I'm sure there are some of those that are out there in gen pop, as I like to say, who are like, wow, wait, well, don't you make more money? If, uh, what's up, Maz? Um, don't you make more money if you buy a collection for less and sell it for more? Sure, just that time, but that's not a good model to get people to call you back, to have a flourishing blog, right. to appear really high in the search uh, engine rankings organically on Google. I can tell you the exact opposite way to do that stuff. Yep. Um, and so uh, what I'm saying is, as someone who buys professionally, I hate when someone comes to me and says, you know, I really, I'm in a pinch. I need, I'm like, you know what? Don't, don't tell me that. Yeah. Just tell me what you got. I'll treat you fair. Like, cause I don't, I don't need to know anything. I just need to know what you have right. and I'll tell you what it's worth and what I could pay. Yeah. Um, but, but not everyone's going to be in such a fortunate position. And not everyone's going to be you. You, you are going to pay them a price based on the value of the card, not on their personal situation. That's just not part yes. of your equation. Yes. But that, you, that's not always the case. So Correct. you shouldn't be offering out that information first of all. Totally agree with you, Lou. Um, yeah. And so that's where I want to start is that, uh, and then you're going to see how I'm going to tie it into real life, right? Um, Melch, uh, yeah, t- hey, what's up, Melch? Uh, Happy New Year. Yeah, the market has a lot of room to climb still. I agree with you. It depends on the sector that you're in and collecting. Um, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily wait, which is why I'm bringing up you should take action and also sell at the same time the items that do not mean as much to you. Yeah. So that way you're not in a position, Melch, where, and others, where you're like, all right, I'm making it up. 
I'm down to five items I want to buy, five cards, and I can only buy one or two because I don't have the budget. And then you look and you're like three weeks later, you're like, oh, damn. Not only was I right, but they're up way big already. Like it's a crappy feeling to be in that spot. So what I was going to encourage folks to do, and by the way, I'm about to name a number of auction houses, eBay consignment services, that I've worked with all of them. I'm not touting one over the other uh, unless someone wants to pay me. No, I'm <laughs> I'd say Ted, Ted the Million Dollar Man, DiBiase, everyone has a price. Yep. Um, so uh, the we'll following advertising, No problem. Exactly. The following services are available to people. Let's start off with eBay. Of course, there's PWCC and Probstein. Um, Just Collect used to handle uh, eBay consignments. And every now and then we do handle that, but it's really on a special circumstance basis. What's up, uh, Andy? Uh, Andy, how are you? Um, and in terms of auction houses, I mean, you can have REA, uh, Heritage, SCP, Golden, Memory Lane, Mile High, uh, Sterling. Like, like, there's not a shortage, right. okay? Um, and then, uh, of course, before COVID, there was tons of card shows. There's websites like checkoutmycards.com, Starstocks, where you send your cards to them and they do it. Um, and then, this is what I was going to close with, some people don't like to have the cards out of their possession and they want to handle all of it. Totally respect that. We yeah. have people on staff here, right? There's overhead. And it's funny, I remember we started this uh, J5 years ago with Scott Greenwald. Uh, we, it's, it's nothing elaborate. It's called the, the JCC, Just Collect Cards. Is our other eBay account, which now is 50,000. I don't know, something stupid amount of feedback because we've been selling on it for years. Um, it's where we sell our ungraded cards. And uh, we sell our graded cards for the most part on our main account, just underscore collect. Now, that's not where we sell all of our cards. That's just what we have on eBay. Right. So, what I'm pointing out is a few years ago, I mean, if you came to our office, you'd see clearly I have a problem, right? <laughs> which means we have a problem. We just have a lot of cards. Yeah. And so, um, hey, that's the first step they say, right? Yep. Um, so uh, anyway, um, when it comes down to how do you get rid of stuff, how do you eat an elephant, you do it one bite at a time. Yep. So a number of years ago, I mean, we're still sitting on tons of stuff, but Scott Greenwald was here and I said, hey, man, why don't we run a 99 cent auction where there's no rhyme or reason? And, and I know Sam's looking at me, this is exactly how I was born. We just wanted to move inventory, yeah. we wanted to move dollars, and we wanted to have space. And what was happening, Lou, I kept convincing myself, because I'd be lying if I said otherwise. I don't want my wife to hear this. I love her, Julie, but I, you know she's going to know. Yeah, of course I got a problem. Yeah. I don't like relinquishing stuff. Yeah, I don't like this. I love buying. Buying's fucking great. Yeah. That's a problem in a retail business. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, we sell, but, but the point was is that we were being overrun. Like every collection, there would be 50 to 500 cards i'm not exaggerating what do i do with these yeah and then we had a system where we price out cards for shows and then we'd sell on ebay at one point we had 40 50 ungraded cards on ebay and it was like it was just every every spot you could have cards we had cards man yeah it was a problem so i tested myself can we list i remember how it was can we list a thousand ungraded cards at 99 cents each some of them won't get bids some yep. of them will get bids of 100 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. Most expensive cards usually get a few hundred bucks. And the best part about it will be when it's all done, we're going to have some space. We'll have less cards. Not that we were earmarking that money for the next purchase, but it made me feel good. I can tell you firsthand because I was the one who was doing it. The next time someone brought me a collection, which used to sit on the shelf yep. where I would never process in a timely fashion, 
I'm like, oh, you know what? That'll be part of the JCC 99 cents future auction, even if it's six months down the line. Right. And I'm going to move out five to 20,000 cards this year in that fashion. And so that's what's happened for me. I'm not saying you should do that. It's a lot of work. I would not be able to do that if it was not for Robert, uh, Brian, and the team that ships here at Vintage Breaks, excuse me, at Just Collect, and J5 and Emily and Sam and Dougie who do the data entry for it and such. But you could outsource that stuff. Um, oh, shout out to my friend Teddy in New Jersey. I forgot the name of his account. Maybe TNT Sports Cards. He'll sell all sorts of stuff on consignment. Is that for me, JFF? Um, and so my point is, like, that stuff to me, I'm not naming anything particular. That's like the gook. That's like the dreck. And I don't mean, like, it's bad stuff. Sometimes right. I put up a T206 with a hole in it. Sometimes I put up a Roberto Clemente that's missing half the back. <laughs> and you got to understand, though, everything has a price. Like Ted the Million Dollar Man DiBiase said, because someone who wants a Clemente in VG, can you lower that? Um, uh, someone uh, who, um, uh, you know, wants to buy a $25 Clemente is thinking like, oh, you know, I don't really have 25 bucks to buy a 62 Clemente. Oh, you know what? This has got a nice front. Half the back's missing. I'm a true collector. I don't care. Yeah, right. Um, shout out to the OBC, to, like a bunch of guys and gals that collect old baseball cards in any condition. But the point is, is that we would end up, and I can tell you because I had the numbers, for every thousand units we'd sell, if it was like a really bad run, really bad, low end, we would do like four to five dollars a unit. So like four to five grand for a thousand units. Yeah. And if it was really good, it might be like 11, 13, 16,000. Generally, what it ends up being is about seven, eight bucks. Yep. Well, that's pretty um, good, isn't it? Absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that you have to do a thousand, but do a hundred, do 50, do 10. And all of a sudden, I can tell you, $373 earned, even though I know they say money uh, one is twice as sweet as money earned. Yep. I don't feel that way in the collecting world because, first of all, other than vintage breaks, there's not that many people that are handing out three spots in 1986 Fleer basketball set breaks. Mm hmm. Like we are doing today. Yep. Um, it, it's you talk. It sounds like you're talking about you have to come to this point where you make a decision. You talked a couple of weeks ago about having a stash, having some money to spend when an opportunity shows up. Because not having the money directly on hand is an opportunity cost. It costs you some opportunities on occasion. You as a seller and people as a collector have to decide if they're ever going to sell any cards. Because if they're ever going to sell any cards, now's the time to do it, isn't it? It would, it would seem. It's, well, absolutely. Let me tell you, cards I would never have dreamt about putting on eBay at 99 cents. And now, to be fair, it's, 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 it's moved, right? It's moved into I sell them in lots because I've learned a lot about it. Um, anyone uh, wants to hit me up for any info or advice on it, email me direct, Leighton at JustCollect.com, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N at JustCollect.com. Be happy to reply to you, give you some of my tips. You know, I've lived them firsthand. Um, some of the items do go unsold, but getting back to the money, you know, is twice as sweet as, uh, when you win it, it's twice as sweet as money earned. It feels a little bit different when it's in cars and collecting, because if you have $373 now, that's your money, that your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your boss, your neighbor, no one can bother you about. And you had your eye on the new Pokemon box or the new LeBron something or other. It's just a really nice feeling that you cleaned up some stuff. And you turned it into something. 
And I can tell you firsthand as a kid, I had no money, no money. And the money I had, I mean, I just blew it. Like not blew it on clothes. I blew it on like about the worst cards in the world. I wish I knew what I was doing. <laughs> um, but uh, I tried and I tried really hard to learn about how to talk with people and deal with them. What I mean is I was at least astute enough as a young kid to understand that and, and to be fair, the, all the, the tricks of the trade, sometimes you have to reinvent yourself. They change. I used to go to the Englishtown auction, you know, slash flea market uh, yep. in Manalpin slash Englishtown, New Jersey. And I would bring down stuff um, that, like, I'm not exaggerating. The most expensive card was $12. But I would put together groups of, like, 500 of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I try to sell them at X, and then it didn't work. I'm like, well, how about Y? Yep. He's like, well, that's not going to work. How about Z? <laughs> and then, you know, then I would never, and, and by the way, I didn't find liquidity for a while, but I found like a glimmer of hope. Right. Some guy's like, you know what? I'll give you, I'm making it like we give out break credit. He's like, I give you $150 in credit. I go, oh, what does that mean? I remember the first time I heard that. He goes, I'll, you can pick out $150 of asking price and I'll trade that to you for this box of stuff. And it was really great because it was the first time I learned, I said, um, asking price or like what I would pay for this stuff. And I remember he, he like smirked at me. He's like, all right, all right, whatever, like whatever the deal would be like if you paid cash. Right. Cause I'm like, effectively, like I'm giving you cash. These are my cards. So that's how I kind of, you know, I learned in the streets of card yeah. shows in English town flea market. That's where you learn. Yep. Hey, what's up, Chris? Thanks for joining us. Um, so get in the market. I mean, a lot of people I think take in cards and they never really sell them off. And, you know, now may be a time to build that little opportunity stash because you don't want to have to go scrambling for money when the deal, when the card comes by at the price that you want, you don't want to, you want to have the money on hand so you can just jump on it. Lou, what I just spent the last probably 10 minutes talking about 15 minutes, you said in a sentence, I should let you do most of the talking. (laughs) No, I got to learn from you before I can say it. Um, well, yeah, now you, can't, you can't collect effectively in this day and age without a stash, without having ready money. Yeah. In. And again, now's the time to sell those cards that you aren't emotionally attached to, that you don't don't necessarily yeah, Lou, have. To oh, my goodness. Yes, that's exactly what you should do right now, because for every hundred units you sell that are seven bucks each that you get seven hundred for now. Believe me, two years ago, it was worth three hundred. Yeah. And anyone who thinks that your dreck of 100 units is going to be worth 11 hunch next year when you sell them and get around to it, you're fooling yourself. Yeah. It might be worth three hunch. It might not be sellable. The eBay consignment seller might be so backed up they won't sell them for you like PSA is taking 11 months to grade your cards. Yeah, the tide is high, right? Absolutely. Um, I did want to address Connor's question. It was a great one, and I had some other things I wanted to cover. We only have 10 minutes, so it's a brief amount of time to cover a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> Connor was asking the card that I bought when I was younger that I remember the most Oh, I know hands down the answer. It's the 1984 Tops Don Mattingly Rookie. I bought it for $30 cash. And I say cash because I couldn't trade. There was no, like, you couldn't get around it. The guy wanted money. I couldn't trade for it. I remember I paced around. um, I paced around uh, the English town, the English town, the Route 18 flea market uh, on Route 18 in East Brunswick, not far from Rutgers College. Because it was a very big purchase for me as a young kid. Yep. Uh, Dave um, mentions, and I think this is important. He says, buying a card is a lot easier than selling one for most people. And one of the things is that people do not want to give up a card for less than the highest price possible. Uh, and that's not always the best way to go about it, is it? Lou, let me tell you, the best part about selling those thousand cards, it's not the money. 
It's I know that even if Julie comes to the office the following week and she says, it never looks like you sell anything here. What's going on? Yeah. We just sold a thousand cards last Sunday. And she's going to say, I can't tell the difference. But you're going to have the money to show you the difference. But people will look at their card and they'll say it's a hundred dollar card and they won't sell it for 80, even though they paid five for it. No, but but that's my point, Lou. I let go. Yeah. When those thousand cards are put up on eBay, there's a reason I chose 99 cents. I don't want them back. Right. Yeah. Now, to be fair, people might ask me, why do not, why didn't I start at a penny? Because at a penny, I'd rather own them. Does that make sense? I mean, it's probably sick, and I'm sure I don't want Julie to hear that. This isn't pretty impressive from Todd. He says his card spending money comes from what he sells. No money goes into the collection. Love that. Oh, right? listen, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much, you know, we're not taking outside money here from just collect and going out and buying collections. This is all like we started with nothing. Yep. Rocco, with the with other than Lou, your line of the day, Rocco says that you are the master of crystallizing my thoughts, Lou. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's kind of my job, actually. Yeah, that's great. Um, so anyway, let's try to finish up here. And uh... <laughs> Jim says, I'm telling my wife right now that you're telling me to sell some crap and buy more, uh, spend more and buy more. No, no, no. That's not what we're saying, Jim. No, we're saying, yeah. You know what, you, you know what we're saying. So anyway, I wanted to cover, cover, cover a few other things. Um, I don't know if we'll get to all of them. But uh, when it comes to grading, J5, you're going to show off those cards today or you show them off? Later today. So we have some cards to show off uh, from PSA, uh, which is really exciting for the Vintage Breaks community. Um, you got to understand, the grading world is still really backed up. It's not yeah. great. So folks are really frustrated. I get it. I understand. I myself have thousands of cards at PSA, not nearly as much as at SGC. Um, and I don't think any at Beckett because we don't really grade very much at Beckett. Um but I've had to change my practices. I've had to change my my business, my collecting, you know, vintage breaks, just collect, whatever the case may be. We've had to alter it. We've had no choice. Um, and so I would suggest the same for you all as well. And so, for example, for those that want a card to get it graded and then wait for it to come back, and that's the card for your PC, for your personal collection, maybe just buy it on the secondary market so you don't drive yourself nuts. Um. Let me ask you a question, though. Did you see Harry Cassop's uh, note on, I think it was Vintage Breaks, Buy, Sell, and Trade? Oh, uh, that's uh, yeah, we're covering some of it right now. Yeah, I, I thought he had some really great points. At what point does this backup in grading change the landscape of cards in general? And at what point do people abandon, tr- abandon grading at this point? Sure. So I would tell you uh, not anywhere near uh, right now. No. Meaning, uh, if you're if you're thinking about abandoning it, obviously it'd be disappointing. The hobby would you know miss you, uh, but understand that. Um, no, not the hobby. The idea that the card has to be graded to sell. In other words, will people just go to market with their cards without grades? Because- uh, not if the cards are valuable. No, they'll get the no. Grade. The high end, of course, you got to get graded, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. But the, um, the, that's the eighty twenty rule. The eight, the other eighty percent. When are people just going to say I? I, why am I grading this waiting a year to get it graded to sell it, to get five extra bucks or 10 extra bucks or whatever it is. Well, so here's the thing. So I think what's going to happen is people are going to become smarter with grading. You're going to continue the graded cards where there's a huge margin on the grade and cards where there's a smaller margin, you know, meaning after the cost of grading, you're not going to grade as many. Yep. Um, and so, you know, that to me seems pretty straightforward, but I, I, I would want to say 
there's not very many things in life where you're turning an item into someone for a small nominal amount of money, you're getting it back. And in some cases can sell it for a lot of money. Yeah. And so that's pretty much why they're really backed up. Yeah. It's because the hobby's as hot as it's ever been since I've seen it in the last 20 years. Um, and there's really not that much you can do about it other than spending a lot more to grade your cards. But the problem is you have to be, I'm, I'm making it up in order to spend a hundred dollars a card to get them graded, to get them back faster. Yep. You have to be dealing with cards that are worth a thousand or $2,000 each. Right. You can't grade a card that's worth 50 bucks for a hundred dollars. Right. You have to have yourself checked out to do that. Um, and so I just think it has to come with readjusting expectations. And so for example, even some of our separate slew to give you a real world example, We've had to go out and purchase cards that are already graded and make them part of a set break in some cases because we just can't wait for yep. cards to come back graded. It's just right. it's just absurd, you know, how long it takes. Yep. Um, so I would definitely uh, encourage folks to go out into the marketplace and buy your cards already third-party graded if that suits your fancy um, because I don't believe, at least in the near future, maybe in the next 12 to 15 months, things will get drastically better. But even if things move forward and it looks like they are a PSA and that, I still think it's going to be a little bit of time before you're going to see the bulk orders really, really speed up. Jim says three or four major grading companies would be nice to help. Absolutely. And I know we only have a few minutes left today. Uh, I'll go back to it. Uh, and I want to make sure I get full credit for this whenever PSA moves into this uh, you know, arena. Um, but I've said it once and several times. I'll say it again. Uh, PSA or another entity of a huge uh, you know, financial resource uh, is going to start some sort of um, whether it be it's all virtual, you know, I would imagine some of it's going to certainly have to be in person. Yep. Uh, we'll call it a college, but it's not really going to be, it's going to be a trade school for graders. Um, you know, I believe that if you're looking at PSA and they're only trying to hire, let's say three or four graders, the point is moot. But if you're talking about hiring dozens, if not hundreds of graders, between all the grading companies, yeah. someone will someone will execute on that idea. It's got to be coming. It's got to be coming. And PSA themselves has to feel the pinch to to add graders. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. So a couple other things I wanted to cover, uh, you know, in terms of uh, you know grading and then um, scams. I do think that if you're buying from folks and you want to protect yourself in terms of knowing the condition of the card if it's real, certainly try to buy a graded. Uh, if it comes to, you know, I made a purchase from Canada from someone is excited to meet someone from Canada. Maybe we'll find some cool wax or, you know, who knows what's out there in the wilderness. Um, and the guy said to me, oh, friends and family. And I said, oh, but I don't, I don't really know you. And he said, oh, but, you know, I, I know who you are. I said, I know, but I don't know you. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is protect yourself. Yeah. If you blow up a deal on, on Facebook or Instagram because someone doesn't want to accept uh, PayPal goods and services, that doesn't mean they're a bad person. It right. doesn't mean they're going to screw you. It just means for me, I'm not comfortable doing business with you. That's it. It doesn't mean any more or less. It right. doesn't mean I don't like you. It doesn't mean I don't trust you. It just means good business is good business. And I try to do a good business and I try to do a lot of business. Right. And in order to do a lot of business and to do good business, you have to protect yourself. So what I'm suggesting is someone who does this professionally, do the same as an individual collector. Someone's hitting you for twelve hundred for a graded card you think should be worth seventeen hundred, and the guy's swearing you up and down to do friends and family. You got to check yourself. <laughs> you know, like like sometimes when things are too good to be true, like they are. Yep. Not always, but so like in terms of scams, it's just like a high level. Be careful, but in general, if you're in a good community, 
people look out for each other, man. You know, there's no doubt. If you go to some random group on Facebook and you want to buy a card, it's kind of like if you go on vacation to another foreign island and you don't speak the language and you're worried at the poker table when they're talking a different language, yep. that you're the person that they're laughing at or, or they don't know the rules, guess what? You probably are. Yep. So once again, buyer beware, be careful. Any questions, please let us know. Um, yeah, big time, Chris. I heard the same thing. Uh, also, a uh, very quick announcement about redemptions. I know it's a sore spot for a lot of people in the hobby, especially that collect like modern. Um, listen, when redemptions do not get redeemed, I can't even like fathom. It's 530, so I don't want to curse anymore in case regular folks are tuning in here. <laughs> I can't fathom how uh, how the manufacturers think this is good business. I know. Like, for I me at night, I don't sleep well when certain things, I mean, the, the office knows I'm nuts about certain things. Like I just won't sleep well. I would not be able to sleep well to know if I had 371 people out there who wanted to potentially kill me if they knew I was in charge of redemptions for any of the companies, Panini Tops or whatever. So here's the deal. I can't help you with them. I really can't. I wish I could. Yep. Try to stay away from products and offer them if they uh, if you know that it bothers you. But then also, um, I just thought this was kind of cool because we really we try as we open old products to stay away from products that have old expired redemptions. So from now on, if Vintage Breaks opens any product at all, and you pull an expired redemption on expired redemption on air, yep. we're gonna give you a twenty-five dollar break credit, um, courtesy of Vintage Breaks. Uh, of course, that doesn't help you if you have a a redemption card that is eligible to be sent in, and they take eleven months. Like right. I can't help you with that. Right. I wish I could. I yep. truly wish I could. And as the national is hopefully going to be coming upon us in a few months, we'll see. God willing. Um, it's one of the things that I wanted to talk to the manufacturers about to see if there could be some sort of just something like the way we're coming up with today. Hey guys, if you take longer than 90 days to fill a redemption, you're going to do X. Awesome. So now yeah. at least collectors, Sam will know, Hey, if I'm screwed and they don't give me my Kobe or they don't give me the 17th pick in the draft. Cause the guy was from Yugoslavia and he doesn't sign. At least I know in 90 days I'm getting a free box of cards. Yeah. You know, whatever the case is. Yeah, I, the whole redemption thing is just mind blowing. I, I don't understand why companies would risk that because when you miss, it's a huge miss. People mm -hmm. remember it forever and it hurts them badly. Uh, no, I totally agree with you. Hey, J5, this, uh, before I, uh, what's this number right here? Is this an aggregate or is this the loft? That's 38 people watching. On the loft? Uh, yeah, it's loft. Okay, cool. The loft space. Sounds good. Lou, we got a nice crowd today because we got about 40 or so on the loft. We got about 35 or so on YouTube. Uh, I got 61 Facebook. here, so. That's I get, great. I just got 60, I got 61 here, so we're over 100. So last thing I want to cover, I know we're over, but the good thing is I own yeah, take your time. the business that we're about to be running into here. Vintage breaks. Um, so uh, the last thing I wanted to cover, and I really did, uh, um, you know, put a lot of time into thinking about today's show. Hope you see, I try to jam pack it with both fun stuff, um, as well as, you know, educational, uh, you know, all that kind of, you know, in the middle. Um, but then when it comes down to breaking, right, which is what we're doing here, what we're about to do next. Um, yeah, oh, I know, uh, Chris K is, uh, definitely witching, waiting for redemptions as well as a bunch of other folks. Um. So here's the deal uh, as far as breaking goes. And I think to be fair, it could be go, it could go, it, the same could be said for, um, you know, going to your local card shop and just buying boxes of cards there and standing opening on the counter. It could be the same said for going to a card show. Cause this, when I used to go to a card show, man, I had a folder, I had a budget for the show. I had like a little group of stuff I would bring. I had like plans. They didn't always work out. Right. 
but I knew if you didn't have a plan, you were less likely to be successful. Um, and so, you know, I just, I looked at the shows, they were very enjoyable, but it was like a mini business, yep. you know, for, for that time. Um, and but so this has, always, this has always been a more a business thing for you in one form or another. And I think people should approach collecting a little bit more that way. I, I think they don't tend to think they are a business, but you have to apply some business principles to it. Don't you? I mean, I think so. I just think that, uh, it makes it, I don't care. Listen, I'm still a collector. Yep. So, um, you know, there's no doubt that, uh, things that I do here stem from me being a collector for a very long time. Um, and the best I could say is you never want to be flat footed. It feels really crappy to feel like you not only missed out on a purchase, yep. but then seven to 14 days later that that very item is selling for 65% more. I've done that myself. Yeah. Now I literally have a rule. The market's so hot. I used to put stuff in my cart on eBay and just wait till like that night or the next morning to pay for it all at once. I can't do that anymore because what happens is three of the items are now missing and my time is valuable. Yeah. So I just, if it's a few items, just pay for it right then and there. Um, so anyway, kind of getting back to breaking and I know we're a little over, so I'll try to, to finish up. Um, yeah, but breaking, we're good. you know, breaking, collecting, well, I think, you know, I know Lou's got, you know, life and everyone <laughs> here expects 4.30 to 5.30. So trying to be, you know, uh, concise. Um, but I think when it comes down to breaking, it really is the same thing as collecting. It really is the same thing as going to your local shop and enjoying yourself. Be careful. Um, go into the show. If you have a budget, try not to exceed that. Um, make sure if you have cards on the sideline, I call it the just collect 99 cents sale. Yep. Hey, if you don't want to wait, I'm making it up. You've got a thousand bucks of stuff and you know that you're going to net a thousand bucks when you get that payment in, but you don't get paid for three weeks. I got news for you. It's not so crazy to say to your local shop guy, he says to you, I'll give you 700. Yep. And you're like, but buddy, I can get a thousand after PWCC runs into their next auction. Sure. Do you need 700 today or do you need a thousand in four weeks? Right. And my point, and I'm, by the way, I'm not the guy offering 700. I'm simply saying that you might be better off taking the 700 if you can go buy that item for, for your budget. Because if you, especially if you think that item's going to go up, you're only going to be upset at yourself in the future. So um, the last part I wanted to cover about breaking, uh, and I can't speak for the other breakers, but um, I, as, uh, you know, I hate when people use the word inventor, but I, as, you know, one of the originators of the model for vintage yep. breaks was very cognizant of having all shapes and sizes of collectors and people being able to participate. Mm -hmm. And we're really proud that even though we have, I mean, it's insane. We have several hundred breaks on our site at vintagebreaks.com. We have breaks that range from $3 to a thousand. And I cannot say this enough. If you have no money, we still love you. We've given away. I couldn't even tell you how much in prizes over the last several years. We enjoy our community very much. We know without you folks, this would not be possible. Um, and so when it comes down to what we do here versus, let's say, your local card shop or other breakers, just be careful and think about where you are in terms of your, let's say, budget slash enjoyment yeah. and never overextend, right? I don't know that, you know, breakers are going to be having disclaimers as like, hey, you know, you don't get a card in this break necessarily. I personally don't like that style of breaking. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean that I think less of someone because they do that. I just viewed it as I remember J5 or talk J5 and I were talking about it recently. 
we started opening the packs because Rich Miller and I, for Sports Collectors Daily, every year at the National, made it a tradition to open up old packs of cards because it was cool. Yeah. And so I think it's really great that if you're someone who can participate and just share some hobby knowledge and love, wonderful. If you have three bucks and that's kind of the lowest rung on the ladder of breaks that we offer, that's awesome because I think, and I'm really proud of this, yep. we deliver an exceptional amount of value to you at the $3 level. I also think we deliver the exceptional value to you at the $300 level and beyond, but you yourself as a collector, you yourself as an investor, you yourself as a buyer, you are going to determine that. But I think it's important that whether it be you're going to the card shop, you're going and checking out different breakers, you're going to a card show, figure out how to make yourself happy. Yeah. And if you have that goal in mind, it's going to be a little bit easier. And I know my brother-in-law, Dev, said, let go, uh, you know, let go of stuff. It will be a little bit easier to let go because you're never going to get, it's like the stock market. It's very hard to get the top price for every stock you ever sell. It just, it, it just is. Right. They, when they say yeah. it's calling, catching a falling knife, it's impossible. Right. So in the card world, keep yourself happy and healthy. And one of the best ways to do that is to prune your collection, whether it be by yourself, whether it be with the help of grading companies and outsourcing your cards to consignment auction houses and things of that nature. Um, but that's the way that I keep myself happy as both a collector and in someone who does this professionally. And professionally, I mean, like I buy and sell to make money to pay all the folks who work in our office. Yeah. Uh, and we enjoy it very much. But it could definitely get, I think these days especially, I've seen it on social media. I can like, I can smell it, even though, of course, you can't really smell anything on social media. You can see there's people who are being overwhelmed because they don't have the budget to play in the arena that they want to play in. Right. And they're upset. They feel like they can't collect anymore. I don't think that's true. And I'm not saying that Vintage Breaks is the greatest place on earth, but I think we're pretty good. And we just created a new event. You'll be able to see all the details at event.vintagebreaks.com. But the point is, you can win break credit just participate by participating on our show, spend that break credit, participate in a myriad of promos, play along with our community while it all happens. And if that brings you value, then you found your place. But if you think that there's, let's say, hey, you know what? I don't like this stock. Because listen, there's different... Break, different breaks bring different propositions to people. Some people are going to like great hit randoms. Other people like box breaks. Other people like personal packs. I don't think one is wrong and one is right, but there is different risk reward. And if anyone ever has any questions about that, please hit me up personally. Ask me up on the loft or when I'm live, you know, on VB, what you think of this break or that break. But the biggest clue as to if you have money, and then we'll close with this because I see we're about 10 minutes over. Like a perfect example, and I know it's like the big boy break, right? It's the $1,000 immaculate basketball. Mm -hmm. Do you know that when we sold it out at 1000 a spot, which is 6000 for the box, you can't buy that box now for less than nine or $10,000. So there's some breaks that actually become even a better deal as yep. time goes on because of the way the market moves. Let me say this because you won't. 
And I think one of the other things that Vintage Breaks provides here is that in a collecting world, it's seller and buyer, right? It's caveat emptor. It's adversarial to a degree because that's how the market should be. Absolutely. But Vintage Breaks creates a community as opposed to an adversarial situation, which again, there's nothing wrong with being being capitalistically adversarial. That's the way the market is built. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But I think people come here and they feel like they're in it with Vintage Breaks, not necessarily trying to get a deal out of Vintage Breaks. So Vintage Breaks is trying to get sales out of them. It's It seems like much more of a cooperative effort. And the people out there can tell me if, I, if I'm nuts. But I know the people we have here every Wednesday night, it's a community. Everyone feels part of this thing. Yeah, very much. And to be fair, that's how the 1,000 Cards for Kids was born. Um, I really thought about, hey, you know, how do you affect and, and, and bring change to something you're so passionate about that you love so much. And, you know, let's be honest, right? If we came to work today with clothes on our back and we're breathing and we're able to eat lunch. Shut up, Just shut up. Um, <laughs> chef comes here to sell cookies. I know what's up. It's making fun of our accents. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so, uh, you know, we're just able to, uh, you know, do what we, we, we love here. Uh, and we're very, very happy about it. We hope that we create an environment um, chef, man, I hope we get back to the national so we can have an in-person, uh, get together. It's going to be great. Um, and maybe later this year, you know, who knows if it'll be delayed and such, but, um, I hope today, uh, everyone enjoyed the different angles of the loft. I realized that not every episode will be as jam packed, but yeah. we showed off a lot of great stuff. We talked about our events. Uh, I'm going to have J five giveaway the prizes. I don't want to mess it up, but someone today who commented on the loft and, uh, participate is going to win a free spot. I really do hope it's kind of like a dad son combo who wins a free spot today. And you know, you drop me a line if you did, because it certainly would make my day. Uh, we're going to give someone a free spot in this newly listed 1986 Clear Basketball set break. J5 is going to take over in just a minute. Lou, any closing thoughts? That was a great show today. No, it was a great show. And I, I love that you went into Harry's piece a little bit and talked about some of these things because I, I, I think it's important. We had a blast today. I'm going to hang on while J5 gives away this spot, great. if you don't mind. Sounds good. Absolutely. Uh, stay tuned, folks. We're going to be breaking from here from 5.30 to 9.30 tonight. Vintage Breaks North. Hey, what's up, Colonel? And then uh, um, Vintage Breaks West will take over at 9.30. Um, and tonight, special guest Matt Lacoste. Will be joining us at eight o'clock Eastern time. Mm -hmm. oh, Stay tuned, everybody. We're about to give away the prizes. All right. We'll see you later. All right. I want to stick around for everybody so we can give away these prizes here. And sometimes we pass them on to the next show. And by the way, when's, when Layton's Loft cuts off here, you can go to right there on the Vintage Breaks Facebook page. If you're there, you can find the uh, breaks that will continue for the rest of the night. Same thing on the Vintage Breaks right. YouTube page as well. But I'm going to hang on here, J5, because I want to see the, I want to see the giveaway. Can we oh. do the giveaway here? Uh, or am I driving you nuts by doing it? The giveaway. What is it? The prizes. I have first place is clear. Second place is... <laughs> That's only First place is clear. Second place... Second place is a band spot. And third place... And third through... Six or seven, seven was ten hour Okay. Uh, write it down for me and give me the list. I give you the list. Awesome. All right. So that's done. This is done. <clears throat> uh, oh, do you want me to just move everybody over to the other show here? Uh, I, I can do it real quick. Okay, just, um, where am I? So, list here. Oh, you want to show the screen real quick? Yeah. 
Hang on. Uh, let me get in there. There we go. Okay. It's seven on the random. Colonel, and you're in. Yes. What am I sharing? The desktop or the screen? I don't know what I'm sharing. Okay. Colonel, yes. I just got in at the end. Oh, man. All my windows went down. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's go to. Oh, what's on eBay? Uh, or, <laughs> ah, you know, stuff. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go here. Let's randomize. And then you can email me the list. I just sent out to you. Okay. All right. Good luck, everybody. Here we go. Seven times. One. Oh, there's an empty name. Why is there an empty name? Oh, that's why. <laughs> All right, try it again. One, two, three, four, five, six. And you say first place against an 86 foot separate spot? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, here that's we go. That's why I'm sticking around. All right, top seven at seven are Danny Casper, Rocco Rosado, Mark Strantrowski, Richard Charles, Jim Lammers, Matt Kirby, and Tom O'Connor. You guys are my top seven. And I will put this on the board. All right, there you go. All right, congratulations, Danny. Danny Casper. Okay. Everybody here on uh, Layton's Loft page, we're going off now on Vintage Breaks. There's another Vintage Breaks right. that's live right now. Just flip on over to there. Vintage Breaks YouTube, same thing. Just flip over to the other live feed, and we'll see you all next Wednesday, right? That's right. All right, guys. Have Thanks, a good night. I'll see you in a little bit. All right. Later.